Hello, and welcome back to the Weekend Spread. And folks, it is a big, big day because it is week one. We are past the week zero blues and into proper football. I'm your host, Bobby Howard, with me today. My colleagues picking every single week this college football season. We've got Jameson Maxwell, Ty Lee, and the captain, Bowden Blake. And boys, I'm so excited to talk about football. I'm so excited to get into it. But we have a little bit of podcast business to discuss before we get this thing going. Uh, we, uh, the Schooner Pod, uh, which also covers uh, the weekend spread, uh, have agreed to join the Sellout Crowd Content Network, uh, which is just truly exciting. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Sellout Crowd is a new startup, new setup, new media and it has been taking Oklahoma by storm. They have gotten some of the best, biggest names in the state together, and somehow they have decided that they want to have us on board, so I guess that means we made it, boys. Um, truly exciting stuff. Nothing about the show that you've been watching will change. Uh, you'll just, you know, kind of, you'll just, it'll be the schooner pod, but like a little bit more, a little bit plus, a little, little bit, a little bit more stuff. So we're not I'm making certainly... a Patreon if that's what you guys are thinking. It's not that. <laughs> exactly. No paywall. You know, you don't, you won't have to pay anything for the schooner pod, uh, which is always great. We This will always be free for y'all, uh, but super exciting stuff. Um, just genuinely cannot be more thrilled with the direction the podcast is heading in. And, uh, that launches September 1st, so make sure to go to selloutcrowd.com. I believe it's selloutcrowd.com. I should, really should have written that down. Uh, selloutcrowd.com. Get ready for that. September 1st is our launch date, so this Friday. Um, and it's going to be, it's just going to be awesome. So that is where you want to go for the best in uh, Oklahoma sports coverage. So selloutcrowd.com. Anyways, boys, uh, before we get into the week, and nobody wants to. I'm sure people don't care about our. <laughs> people probably don't care about our move that much. But I want I want to kind of talk with y'all and ask y'all, you know, how how are y'all feeling about everything? I'm I just laughing because I thought you were going to talk about our records last last week, which I guess I'm not ready to talk about. We can push those to the back burner for a little bit longer. But it's honestly this move with sellout is where I'm so blessed to be a part of it, and we put in so much hard work into everything and for all of uh, the listeners have been loyal and supporting we really appreciate y'all we've been seeing uh, a big jump in our viewers from year to year and we're really hoping that we'll take another big jump this year too ty yeah uh we we joined sellout crowd wow uh i didn't know that i didn't hear you're, you're uh, telling me for the first time just now check read your read your text Read your text message, no, I, was, I was trying to do it. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> this is no, a total, I'm very excited. Total bit. I was trying and to do a it. It didn't. So, uh, the the lines are blurred between reality and bits with Ty. You never know. You never know on this show what's a bit and what's not. Just, I had I done it in a voice, he would. Well, I didn't know that. I, you're telling me the, oh, the first time. Oh, I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm picking up on. I'm picking Let's up on it. Let's get to the picks. Blake, I wouldn't I wouldn't ask Blake how even though he's not like a full-time schooner pod member, how you feeling? No, it's great. I'm glad that y'all sold out. I know the platform y'all build on the scooter pod side. Excellent, excellent stuff from recruiting, game previews, game reviews, something I tune into sometimes, especially last season when y'all were doing bad. 
uh, those were some very entertaining episodes. But yeah, this agreement definitely was uh, definitely the ink hit the page before they saw our records from last week, because I bet if they could have a do over, they would not be wanting us to, to continue this podcast with the advice and the uh, quote financial advice they gave out last week. Uh, so yeah, that, that part was not good. Okay, Blake. Blake needs no. a PSA. He needs a PSA. Give Blake a talking head right yeah. now. Give him the large talking head. So, and he has to explain himself for zero and seven week last week. I understand. I was one and six. But that over is completely different. Oh my god! Guaranteed so, lock of the year that didn't hit. Right. It was bad. So our week zero standings. Uh, I went. Me and Ty both went two and five, which is bad by any standards. Jameson went one and six, and Bowden Blake. Ooh, the, I, the was rare I, was, I had a winning record at one point this year. I'm just saying it. But then I went. You got Notre Dame, but that was Notre it. Dame. I was the only one with a wild uh, island boy on Jackson, uh, Jacksonville State. Uh, but most of my zigging and zagging turned out to be uh, all for naught. Uh, Ty had a good record as well, um, picking good ones. Uh, but but Blake, 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 Blake. I, I'm giving you the solo layout. Please explain yourself. Yeah, so 0-7, first off. 0-7 is difficult to do. I dare you each and every <laughs> week to try to go 0-7 because it's nearly impossible. It's just as hard as going 7-0. and So honestly, everybody's laughing, going at me about my record. It's hard to do. You can't do what I just did. I did something that probably has never happened in Schooner Pod history. So... 0-7, just as hard as 7-0, but look, it's deceptive too. Ohio was gonna destroy them. They had <laughs> SDCU on the ropes from the beginning. The Maple Missile was ripping them apart. That game was over. That game was over till they did the dirty hits. They were going after his knees. I knew I should have known that. That's where I should have downgraded that lock a little bit because I knew San Diego City would have pulled some dirty little trick to uh, to win the game like they always do. Uh, so that one should have been a win. UTEP should have easily been a win. UTEP was destroying them in every box score, every single category, in some of the dumbest play calling down the stretch on third and one. When you are running the ball down their throats and you are throwing a fade, a back shoulder fade, 30-yard fade to the end zone, and it's just not even close, the wide receiver doesn't take the good route, and you do the same on fourth and one and try to pass it, makes absolutely no sense. And then let's just, let's cap it off with a little LaTeX, a uh, little FIU. That was gross. LaTeX, what the hell were you doing? You were <laughs> destroying them every facet of the game. FIU's quarterback had five completed passes for four yards. And they're not a service academy. They are not. A, Navy was taking more shots than what this FIU team was doing. And you still took to the final minute of the game to take a lead in that one. What in the actual heck are you doing out there, LaTeX? I, if I was going to choose those games over again, I would make no changes. Maybe the Navy one. I should have listened to Ty. <laughs> that was just a bummy pick from the beginning. It was so evident whenever just Notre Dame was running it down their throat. And I'm like, uh-oh, uh-oh. If they can even get the passing game going, which they did, it Navy couldn't stop them. So, and then navy started to do their passing thing to try to get back it was bad i thought like navy would at least stay the course and get some points there at the end but nope wouldn't change a thing had some bad luck but also remember seven and oh and oh and seven are practically the same thing <laughs> okay uh that's that's quite the spin zone right there uh i respect it i, I dare you to go oh and ten next week bobby do it if it's so easy do it 
Okay, fine. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I guess I guess that logic checks out. I, I don't I don't know. But um anyways, let's let's move past week zero. I think we all do. We all we all want to move past week zero, so let's get on to it. Uh of course, as you know, entertainment value, blah blah blah. Don't actually take these picks because as you can see by these records, uh-uh. Yeah, stop not saying great. that. No, no, this is a betting podcast. Y'all listen to us <laughs> for betting advice. <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't want, I don't want someone to show up outside of Boat and Blake's uh, door and be like, I lost all my money. Do we Here's know? The they would, right? they would join me. They would be. <laughs> You'd convince them. What you yes, got to uh, do. Yes. Ty. What, what is the JFK quote about if you need to climb over? I think it's a maybe a JF. It's a I know it's a, it's a I know it's in Texas, probably in Tennessee, but. There's a, a quote about how if you want to get over a fence, you throw your best hat over the fence or something like that. What we what we've done for the viewers is we've intentionally performed terribly week zero because we want you to take our advice. But if if week zero we just break even, then you've broken even, right? We've put you in the hole week zero. We've done that on purpose <laughs> to give you the motivation to stick with it. That's what we've done, right? You got it. You got to start. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna help you start from adversity, and it's gonna mean even more when we get positive. Potentially, this is not financial advice. Legally, we cannot say that this is financial advice. I will not be on the record saying that this is financial advice. It There's is no proof yeah. that it's not financial advice, though. No, there is <laughs> in us explicitly stating that it's not. It's <laughs> that diamond mind. It's right there, Blake. If you just need one right more there, little pickaxe of it, digging. Just, just keep, keep digging. digging. We, the diamonds are always there. <laughs> Blake, uh, there are ten games. You can be. You can get way over five hundred. You can be three games over five hundred if you go ten and There you go. I'm sitting, I'm sitting pretty. If you would have told me I didn't win a single game and I'm only back two games, that's like unprecedented. Usually, usually somebody's going four and three, five and two. So I'll take it. Pretty. Okay. I love it. All right. Let's get into our first game of the weekend. And we are starting with uh, first big game uh, for sure. It is the Florida Gators six and seven in 2022, uh, seven and six against the spread going to Salt Lake City to take on the Utah Utes, uh, defending Pac-12 champ. Uh, they were 10-4 and four last season, 8-6 uh, and six against the spread. Now, this line has been a bit funky. Uh, when, it, when it first opened up over the offseason, uh, the Utes were favored by 9. That has slid all the way down to 4.5 uh, because we don't know what's going to We don't know what's going to happen with Cam Rising. Towards ACL in the, um, in, the, in the Rose Bowl, and we're getting some weird reports that he might not be back. Now, this one, 7 p.m. Central Time uh, on Thursday uh, on ESPN. So uh, exciting stuff. We're we're starting with a really, really good one. Cleanse us of that just kind of garbage week zero slate. So I'll go ahead and kick us off here. Um, and look, th this has been tempting. The, the Gators have been tempting to me, and I'm not trying to do the play both sides thing because I, I've been on, on Utah the entire entire off season but you know getting a little worried about cam rising getting a little bit worried about utah you know they always get off to a slow start uh to start seasons i feel like but at the same time i i saw what i saw with that florida team last year they were not good even though they did beat this utah team in gainesville last season i feel like the altitude will kind of throw them for a loop 
if we're going to be honest. I know that's I know this is typical me playing up the conditions a little too much, but Florida has not played a non-conference game outside of the state of Florida since 1991. Road non-conference. They played a neutral site game against Michigan. So this is a totally different thing for them. Should be super weird. I think the Utes regardless of cam rising status will be enough to get the win and get the cover. So give me Utah minus four and a half here. Uh, Ty, I'll let you kick this one off next. Who do you like in the game? Here, let's talk about what is and isn't financial advice. If you wanted some financial advice to get ahead of rampant inflation, what you should have done is listen to me last season when I was telling everyone, oh, the Anthony Richardson stock is high. And I was telling everyone, short it. Short it right now. Short it. It's a bubble. Do not invest in Anthony Richardson. Blake, on the other hand, he was very high on Anthony Richardson. We all see how that has now turned out in the NFL. If you didn't see that, turned out poorly in the NFL. He's arguably the Dylan Gabriel of the NFL if Dak Prescott didn't exist. With all that being said, I think Florida may be a little bit better than they were last year, but I like Utah in this one. With or without their quarterback, I like a more fundamental team. I feel like I know what I'm going to get more from Utah. I think they're the safer bet, especially with this line crunched down. Jameson? Yeah, I, I mean, I understand it. Uh, wow, why? So hold on, Ty. You, you, what'd you pick again? I picked the Utes. Okay, gotcha. So I'm going to go Florida here. And it's not because of Graham Mertz, because I, I see, I see uh, Jimmy talking in the chat. Man, I, I really wanted to believe him at uh, Wisconsin this whole time. Um, but it's just my thing of having this kind of last-second change, you know, and Cam Rising's ACL return that makes, like, you know, them think, oh, we're going to have to put in the backup quarterback. That's just really hard for me to get, kind of get a grasp on. This is not some kind of acute change, I would think, that, you know, Cam Rising is not going to be playing. Um, so the backup's kind of known for a while, probably, that he's going to come play. And... Um, I feel like that could be a positive, but at the same time, it's just like the times that we saw with um, Utah without rising, it was like a night and day kind of thing. Like Utah was a really, really special team with rising. Um, but I, I just can't buy into it. I just think it's going to be too close of a game where I'm just going to take the four and a half points. Blake? Yep, I'm hopping, I'm hopping on with Jameson. Uh, I was, I would have been a little bit, like I would have been, all in on Utah if Cam Rising was playing, yeah. but the news with him being doubtful, and we kind of previewed this on our Pac-12 preview earlier this year, was Cam Rising, even if he was going to play at the beginning of the season, he was probably going to be a little hobbled, which concerns me a little bit, just because Cam Rising, although he's not like a super dynamic runner, he definitely relies on mobility in the pocket, he definitely relies on, like, he could tuck the ball and run, like he's, uh, he relies on some of his physical gifts in order to like, for Utah to succeed without him. And then a guy people are not talking about Brent Keithy that might not be playing too. Like Dalton Kincaid last year stole the show because mm -hmm. of what he did in that final game. But Keithy was going into the season last year, the top tight end on that squad. Like he's a legitimate force himself. He's doubtful to play. And just on top of it all, Kyle Whittingham has never been good. I feel like in September is getting his teams like off the starters gate. Like they finish strong. They're able to find like postseason success because of how they finish. It's never really how it starts. They always lose random games. They lost to, uh, they lost to Florida last year to a, 
inferior team lost to SDCU the year before. Like they're constantly just running into roadblocks at the start of the season. That just doesn't bode well for me. And it's just like, it, the line has fallen. It, it, the only things, the two things that do concern me though, taking Florida, the line's fallen. I think it's probably over adjusted and not a good way. And then to the fact, like Jameson said, Utah probably has known all summer that uh, Kim Rising won't be playing. So they've been prepping for this game, knowing that. And so that gives them a little bit of an advantage instead of it being like a week five, week six type game when Cam Rising doesn't play. But I think Graham Mertz is good enough. I think SEC talent is solid enough just to keep them at least close in this game. Uh, but I think Florida surprises people this year. So it could be Florida. Okay. I like it. I And by the way, I, I caught you saying the uh, SDCU, you know, little San Diego state barb there, you know, so I, 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 I'm familiar with your game. I see what you did there. <laughs> we, we don't need to dive into the Malort yet, but uh, you did. Yeah. You did indeed. It's take bad. It's, not bad, like as in this week their opponent sucks, and that that part is not good. I've already prepared for that. Uh, probably, maybe depending on what my schedule looks like Saturday night, either Saturday night or maybe on the show. Who knows? We could do a live one. But yeah, yeah I'm I'm fine. I'm feeling good about you. I'm feeling good about the next week after that versus UCLA. So fair, fair enough. And keep in mind, we do have a, a double. We already have an existing Malort double for UCLA. Yep, yep. So it's a double double Malort day. Then I, I might be able to. Uh, hopefully, I don't have to do it. Hopefully, uh, I need my hopefully our ass. Hopefully, you're my power. Yeah, yep. we need to track them. We need to track them. We need to sure. track them. I've, I've been putting too many out there. I've been feeling too confident <laughs> about things lately. I might have to throw out another one soon. It's a nice high. It really sucks, though. It really sucks when you lose. I will say that, Bobby. So you'll have that to look forward to in a week. I think that's fair. We'll, we'll, I, one of these days, I need to le- we need to leak the Malort video because it, it's it's iconic. But anyways, moving like on to our Laramie next. Tunzel <laughs> <laughs> the Laramie Tunzel leak. The Laramie Tunzel leak. We won't do that. We, that. That would get Blake rattled, I feel like. Uh, so we, we'll keep that in our pocket. So uh, up next, we have the South Carolina Gamecocks. Uh, eight and five last season. Pretty resurgent. Uh, six, uh, seven and six against the spread. They're facing off against North Carolina, ranked 21st in the country, who went nine and five uh, under Mac Brown, six, seven and one against the spread. Uh, the Tar Heels favored by two and a half. This one, 2.30 Central Time Saturday night on ABC. This is the college game day game. So uh, pretty massive tilt here in Charlotte. Um, Blake, I feel like this is an interesting matchup. Uh, for sure you know it's not exactly a rivalry but you know it's it's definitely regional uh, a lot of expectations i feel like kind of on both sides here who do you think comes out with the big win and uh, cover here i hate trying to choose this game it's two teams that i think are vastly overrated in the market mm-hmm. uh so i kind of have to choose against bad and bad but i'm taking south carolina uh Covered it a little bit on the ACC preview. Uh, UNC will never be able to blow out a team this year because they don't play defense. Like last year, inferior opponents consistently were staying in games with them and they lost a lot down the stretch just because they can't stop a nosebleed. And now against a somewhat competent team in South Carolina, they're expected like to put them away. I'm... I'm not, I have zero confidence there. They lost a lot to the transfer portal when it came to corners. They didn't really add anybody. Sure, Drake May's back, good wide receiver room. Their offense is going to be clicking, but if the game's always going to be close and down to the wire, there's no way I'm taking the points with UNC like at all this season. 
South Carolina, on the other hand, very overrated. Very, very. I think they're going to be bottom. I was going to say bottom of the East, but we saw Vanderbilt last week against Hawaii. I think they kind of cemented themselves at the bottom. But I think this this team is so overrated. Started off bad, and then uh, Spencer Rattler kind of came into form finally and did some things. But I just think like South Carolina, maybe just a little bit more well-rounded, although their offense isn't as good. They still have a competent quarterback. They have a decent defense, probably one of the better ones UNC faces. So I'm just going to take the points just because I know, like I know UNC is not going to blow this team out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go with South Carolina as well. Here's the thing. You said like UNC has a competent wide receiver room. Like, they're bringing like two transfers essentially right now to try to like connect with Drake May. Just their competent wide receiver room, you know, losing Josh Downs. Like it seems like, you know, Sam, he's Drake May's. I almost said Sam May. Uh, shout out Sam May of the sellout. Um, but uh, Drake May, uh, it just he seems like he continues to lose his wide receiver friends, and it's. I think that's going to be tough for him. I really do. And just UNC's defense is so anemic that I think, I think South Carolina can get up early here if they get a couple stops and um, kind of make take the crowd out of things in this rivalry game. I'm going to go South Carolina. Yeah, I am going to have to go chalk with Lake and Jamison. I was going to go with South Carolina before I heard their explanations. Actually, I kind of expected Jamison to go with UNC. I'm not necessarily sure why, but yeah, I like Rattler in this one. I like what Blake was saying about a, a more complete team, and I just feel like South Carolina, I don't want to say they're overrated. Like I, 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 well, South Carolina I think is overrated, but North Carolina, like I like, I like North, I like the Tar Heels. I think they're a fun little chippy team. I love the whole, you know, Mac Brown, you know, retirement, but still having a job kind of thing. But I just don't, I, I think they're going to take a, a step back this year. And I think this first game, it's going to mean a lot to South Carolina rivalry game week one. I like the Gamecocks. Yeah, I'm good. We're going to complete the sweep here because I really like the Gamecocks uh, on this one. Um, I think that SEC physicality is something that Clem, uh, um, uh, UNC struggled with against Clemson last year in this exact same stadium in the uh, ACC championship. Um, obviously, Clemson a different level, but Carolina, South Carolina, that is pretty solid. That doesn't make any sense. What do you mean? I UNC saying, struggled against Clemson because SEC physicality. Because they have similar a similar level of physicality yeah, to an SEC uh, team. They yeah. are. Clemson is the closest thing you can get to an SEC team because, like, outside of the SEC, they are built exactly the same way, in my opinion. And what I'm saying is that because they they struggled with that type of type of play style pretty badly last year, I think they're a worse team this year. Um, not enough people are looking are really looking into you know the loss of their talent, loss of Phil Longo to uh, uh, Wisconsin, you know who was you know uh, quite a pretty solid offensive mastermind. This year they're bringing in UCF's uh, OC, I believe, um, who previously was the head coach at Troy. Um, I, I just think that's too much to install before a massive uh, massive matchup like this. Um, I think South Carolina has the consistency at this point. Um, I think they have a great coach in Shane Beamer, and I think they're going to get over the line on this one. Um, I, because frankly, everyone sees Drake May, sees UNC. Oh, it's the Drake May team. I bet they're going to be great. Two and a half. That's easy. One one guy can't do all of that. So <laughs> give me Carolina here. 
Yeah, I think Drake May has a kind of floppy season. Everyone's pegging him. He could have been the first pick in the draft over the past couple of years and everything. Obviously, that still might have been true with like kind of how draft talent has been. But um, I, I don't think he has as good of a season as everyone's going to peg him out to be. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on to our next game. This is absolutely just a massive, massive ball game for you on Sunday. It is the fifth ranked LSU Tigers, 10 and four last year in Brian Kelly's first season. Um, eight and six against the spread. This one, they're traveling to Orlando in a neutral site game. I think it'll be pretty neutral, honestly, to take on the Florida State Seminoles, ranked number eighth in the country after a pretty solid revivalry uh, job done by uh, Mike Norvell. Uh, the Knolls are 10 and three, or were 10 and three last year, eight and five against the spread, coming off of a uh, cheese and bull victory against the uh, our Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, the line set at LSU minus two and a half. Uh, this one can be found 630 Central on Sunday uh, on ABC. So massive, massive, massive game. And look, this is why you love the weekend spread, because you have to pick the tough ones. This is as tough as it gets to me. I do not know who's going to come out on top on this one. Last year's game was decided at the very, very end by the thinnest of margins in a very, very sloppy game one. If anything, to me, this is just this is a brutal toss up. I love both quarterbacks. I think both head coaches have the pro these programs going in the right direction. And I am so excited to watch it. I, I but I'm not excited to pick this. I'm rolling with Florida State plus two and a half here. I I really like what Jordan Travis has going on, you know, there with that Florida State offense. I feel like they have um, the type of talent across the board, you know, NFL draft level potential. Um across the board at Florida state where I think they can hang with LSU. I think they could compete with LSU. I kind of think people are a little too high on the tigers this season. Um, just overall, I, I don't see, I see them as like a tier below like college football playoff. Um, I don't think they're quite, uh, I think I, I don't, I don't see them winning the sec West this year. I think Alabama bounces back overall. I, I think Florida state's going to come out and have a really good performance. So give me, give me the Knowles plus two and a half here, Ty. Yeah, I think I think both of these teams take a step forward this year. I think Florida State definitely has everyone loves making these comparisons on the Schooner Pod. I think Florida State has a higher potential ceiling. I, I think this team is on its way to do great things. I don't know if this year is the year. I'm taking the Tigers. I like what LSU is bringing to the stage. I, I just think on a long enough timeline, if you just keep picking college football. It's never wise to pick against LSU. Give me the Tigers in this one. I'm a known hater of the state of Louisiana, right? We don't need to get into that. It's self-explanatory if you've ever been to the state of Louisiana, but I like the Tigers. Yeah, here's the thing. Can I just go on like a little soapbox and see how stupid this Mason Smith suspension is right now? That's like the entire point of a, having a podcast, Jameson. Yeah, it's just so <laughs> stupid. Like they're they're legitimately suspending him for this one game. That is such a huge, huge game for LSU playing a top 10 matchup a, over a autograph signing before the 2021 NIL deal. Like, are you kidding me? Like, I mean, did they just watch the Johnny Manziel documentary and think that everyone doing like autograph deals are just like slumlords and they're just making millions of dollars? Like, I don't know, obviously, all the fine, intricate details, but that just sucks because LSU 
has such a fun, fun team this year. And I was really looking forward to seeing Mason Smith go out there, um, play with, you know, next to Harold Perkins, who I think is one of the best defensive prospects that we have in college football. He's so fun. The man, the way he rushed the passer last year just makes me like to see future pro bowl in max contracts in the NFL. And he's only a sophomore. Like I'm going to have my eye on him all game. And, and just, they, they have a lot of players on the defense and then a experienced quarterback also in Jane Daniels. Like I really, really like this LSU team. And I understand Florida state has a lot of these same things with like Jared verse and Jordan Travis and, you know, in Blake's boy, Keon Coleman as well, you know, coming in a transfer wide receiver. I understand. And that's what makes it hard. Right, Bobby. But the thing is, I just like LSU better. And I just kind of have this dead set that they're going to be motivated. You know, Kelly's going to get in the locker room, speak in some Cajun accent and try to avenge their, their loss last year. Um, which was the most embarrassing thing. You, like you can't lose like that extra point last year and not come out and get the W this year. I think they cover. Going Florida State. I'm all in on Florida State this year. I think they're probably my fourth team to make it into the college football playoff. I feel very, very, very comfortable with this team. The defense, the offense, Jameson went through the names. He's just glazing over them. He's like, oh, they got this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. Yes, they have a lot of dudes. And the thing is, they lost about no dudes. And so this team only got so much stronger. Jordan Travis, I think he he is feeling great. He is, I think, going to be... Could he win the Heisman? Maybe. Keon Coleman, Jared Verse on the defensive side of the ball, a great running back room. This team is loaded with talent, and I think LSU is going to be really good this year. I had my pick to win the West. I think they're going to beat Bama. I feel very comfortable with them, but I felt like last year is like Florida State really kind of ran away with this game till LSU started to realize, oh, Jaden Daniels has two pair of legs and can run the ball, and they just started running it down their throat. I don't think Florida State gets caught off guard by that this year. I don't think they're surprised by it. They know how to defend it a little bit more. They kind of got caught off guard last year, allowed LSU to get back in that ball game. I love, I love Florida State. I love Florida State. I think this is going to be signature win, get them into the top five. Then they have an easy road from there. Then just a game against Clemson, and you're looking good. So I'm taking the Knolls. I'm very, very high uh, on what uh, Norvell has built there. Blake, love the pick, of course. Uh, love that we're paired up on this. But also, two pair of legs mean you have four legs. <laughs> yeah, it it kind of looked like that last year, the way he was, like, how fast, how fast like this Sonic the was against, like, against that defense. They just got so caught off guard. I'm like, I'm so, like you know that's all he has. Like, Jaden Daniels, like he, I will say he improved last year a little bit on the accuracy, not turning the ball over, not making as many mistakes, but like the man's still not an elite thrower. Like he's still not that. And so I just feel more comfortable. Like I feel like in a dude off, they have about the similar amount of dudes, but when it comes to quarterback, I love me. I love me some Jordan Travis. So give me, give me the Knowles all day long. I love the term dude off. That's, that's great. Such a weird. Yeah. I, I will say, speaking of, speaking of what maybe is or isn't financial advice, I like that Jordan Travis Heisman. I, I think, Potentially, again, I'm still sticking with LSU, but you're talking about a Florida State team that can really get on the national stage by beating LSU here, and then they have an ACC schedule. If Travis is even halfway decent, he could really, really have a good resume in the public eye and then statistically, I think. So I like that. Yeah, and I love I love the odds. Like he has 
he has worse odds than um uh or a better it, he's a better bet than Quinn Ewers by far uh in terms of his ability and i, I don't know i i, I, I don't actually like seen something from him. We've yeah seen something. i i i do i do agree but does not does the media not like the darling who's the breakout candidate in quinn Ewers, who's overcame the adversity in his transfer and his injury last year and he's got much better targets to throw to as well and texas is just a darling that college football has been begging to have a good season and Texas has a position to be in a good, you know, like pretty good this season. I don't know if Quinn Ewers is like an actually inferior to, you know, uh, 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 my gosh, I'm completely blanking. Uh, my Jordan brain's turning off. Jordan Travis in terms of odds. Uh, I, I really don't. I really think that Quinn Ewers also is a decent pick too. It's like yours has like the third highest. It, yours is like minus effect, like, uh, like, I think 600 off the top plus. of my head plus, plus yeah plus, yeah everything what crap site would that be uh no no uh he's like plus 600 and uh travis is like like almost like pretty much double that is how i uh, how i remember yeah. seeing it so that's my thing is i i think I, obviously yeah media darling yeah viewers if he has a good season that is oh, no doubt a good bet but if, I, I if you were like, like does half good this season he's still going to be a media darling you got to realize that yeah for sure yeah and i mean hell he's a media darling now and he wasn't even like really all that great last year but uh mm -hmm. anyways we, we we should move on to our next game uh so uh if you are new to this we we do the uh, national games and then we go into the big 12 ones uh and folks we're starting off with a real really really interesting one the Texas Tech Red Raiders, eight and five last year, uh, both against the spread and overall, head to Laramie, Wyoming, to take on the Wyoming Cowboys, uh, who are six and seven uh, last season, six six and one against the spread. And look, folks, if you've been following this, you know that Wyoming is completely unpredictable. So if that checks out, uh, Texas Tech is favored by fourteen points. This game can be found. Uh, 6 30 p.m central on cbs so uh blake kick us off here we know you don't have a lot of love for cactus gang uh as the tech fans uh, affectionately refer to themselves on twitter as um i don't know are you you picking you picking an upset here you smelling a little upset or are you uh you, you thinking you thinking uh old joey mcguire and the boys are gonna go up to laramie and get a good win I think this is look ahead central. I think this is climate central. <laughs> I think everything is going in Wyoming's favor when it comes when it comes to this game. And look, even on my desk, have my little Wyoming helmet sitting right here. I love the Cowboys this weekend. They Texas Tech is looking ahead to Oregon. This line <laughs> is showing everything you need to know. People are like, why? 14 points? Isn't Texas Tech, everybody, everybody in the media has been giving them out as the dark horse Big 12 championship? 14 points against a Wyoming team? How is that possible? Because Wyoming builds solid programs. You look at that record last year, 7-6. and six, with no context, you're like, eh, that's all right. But with that context, a team that got absolutely gutted last year in the transfer portal, their whole team left, and their coach was able to bring those guys together, make a bowl game. They were projected near dead last, uh, not like maybe Nevada or Hawaii, but towards the bottom of the of the Mount West and like still overperformed. This team consistently overperforms with their talent. 
solid on the offensive side of the ball, solid on the defensive side of the ball. I love 14. I just, it's, it's screaming to me. One of my favorite picks of the week. I feel great about the climate, the altitude. I just, yeah, Tech is not going to be ready to play this game. I think it's going to be a lot closer than you think. And I just, what has Tech really shown to make you fall in love? Everybody's fallen in love with the names and the recruiting and the hype and the Joey McGuire. Everything runs through Lubbock. Well, you're starting your season at a G5 on the road. Like, that's sad. That is a sad, that's kind of a second-tier program type of move. That's why, like, TCU's ditching SMU because can't be going on the road to G5 programs whenever you're trying to build a winner. So I am all ACC SMU. Oh, yeah, the ACC, but still still broke boys. They're not going to get paid for like eight or nine years. And then it's just going to be hilarious <laughs> when the ACC dissolves and then merges or like all the other programs leave for the other conferences. And SMU basically just somehow found a way to lose significant amounts of money over seven or eight years for a long-term investment. So, yeah, give me the, uh, give me the Cowboys. I love it. Uh, yeah, they're going to keep this one a lot closer than you think. You, you guys don't even have to ask me. And just, I'm going to keep it short. I hate Wyoming. I hate everything about Wyoming. Wyoming's football team has just burned me so many times, and I'm not going to change anything. Sometimes at the beginning of seasons, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll make amends with this team. You know, we've had some tough times. We've had our problems in the past. But you know what? I'm, I, I don't hold grudges. I, I can move on. No, screw you, Wyoming. We're picking Texas Tech here. Yeah, I will also keep it short. I love the beautiful foreboding in Jameson's segment where he gives a little monologue about teams that have burned him many times before and who he will never trust. <laughs> uh, look ahead on this weekend's schedule because uh, one is coming right on up. I also like Texas Tech in this one. Um, you know, I don't really even have any talking points on this other than it's, it's the inverse of the NFL because, I mean, Josh Allen from Wyoming – hundred times better than Patrick Mahomes easily. Like it, the biggest system quarterback in the history of system quarterbacks. Um, so I, yeah, I, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, I don't necessarily even hate Mahomes. I'm not sure why I went into that segment, but uh, give me the Raiders in this one. I'm going to say it. Ain't nobody getting up for this game. If you're Texas tech, this is Wyoming all the way in terms of a cover. Oh, this gross. just feels oh, like a gross game. And am look, we're splitting on this. So we don't know which way it'll go. Usually the rule is if you go against Wyoming, Wyoming wins. If you wild card for or against Wyoming, you're going to lose. It's a split and not only that, but I really feel like this is just a gross, gross, gross game. I feel like Texas Tech does their best work when they're the underdogs, when they have something to play for, when it's like a big deal, like we could make a statement, you know, every you know, everything goes through Lubbock. Nobody cares about Wyoming. They're going to come into this one sleepwalking and maybe struggle a little bit. I don't think they lose. I don't think they're I don't think they struggled that much. But I think Wyoming gets the cover, keeps this thing close in just a total gross game. There's always one of them in a week one. I think this is going to be one of them uh, on this college football slate. So anyways, let's move on to our next one. We have Big Ten football on NBC and Peacock. It is West Virginia at Penn State. Mountaineers went five and seven last year, uh, six and six against the spread. Traveling to State College. Happy Valley to take on the Penn State Nittany Lions. 
ranked seventh in the country, looking to be a big year for James Franklin uh, and his crew. Uh, they went 11 and two last year, uh, nine, three and one against the spread. Penn State favored by 20 and a half. Uh, you can find this game 630 Central Time uh, once again on NBC and Peacock. I'll kick us off here. West Virginia, um, first of all, ac- actually, the state of Oklahoma owes Neil Brown a massive thank you because our two teams being absolute ass against them mm-hmm. this year saved his job. This man should not be employed by West Virginia. We were waiting on it the entire season. When's the midseason firing happen? It never came. They just kept winning these dumb games. And here he's back again. Uh, he's walking into a buzzsaw here. Uh, this this Penn State team, I feel like, has a lot of potential. I'm not quite as high on them as some people are. Some people are putting in, putting them as their Big Ten champs uh, in their playoff. I think that's a little ambitious. Uh, but there's no way, in my opinion, that uh, West Virginia walks into this with anything but a massive, massive loss under the lights um, at Beaver Stadium. So give me Penn State to win big, cover that spread. Uh Ty, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think this is a very, I mean, I think this is a really neat sort of week one game, some cool conference matchups. These teams a lot closer than a lot of people, you know, would think, unless East Coast geography is just always on your mind. Um, I'm actually, I'm pretty sure most people know that these are pretty close. But I look, here's the thing. I I think Penn State has this one. I'm taking the Nittany Lions in this one, but I, I always have to have my bone to pick with Penn State, the school is massive. It is legitimately three times larger than OU. They have almost 90,000 students. It's absolutely absurd that, and again, it's against West Virginia, right? They call West Virginia the small Arizona state of the East. But um, it's like the Big Ten always plays this. We're academically so much better, like blah, blah, blah. You have almost 100,000 people going to your school. Like how... How is that selective in any way? I always have to, to do that to, to Penn State. And it, look, Penn State, never good. They always flounder in conference play. But what they have going for them is democracy. Because like I just said, they can just outvote everyone into thinking that they're good because there's so many of them. Uh, Penn State, I believe, still the school with the most living alumni, which is absolutely absurd. Uh, give me the Penn State Nittany Lions. I don't like them. I don't want to have to do this, but I do. Yeah, um, Bobby, I'm not one of the ones that is trying to put Penn State in my playoff, but I think they're a lot of fun this year. And obviously, I'm extremely down on West Virginia. Like, they haven't even named a starting quarterback yet. And it's not like that, oh, they have a bunch of new guys coming through and they just haven't really decided. No, they, they have had guys that have been there for a while. And like Garrett Green, who's done some really bad things, also done some good things. They legitimately still haven't released who their starting quarterback is, and it's Wednesday. Like, are you kidding me? I we're fading this so hard 20 and a half Penn state night game in happy Valley drew Aller's coming out party. It's on, you know, NBC primetime TV. Uh, he's going to put up huge numbers versus West Virginia defense and people are going to hype him up and it's going to be a blowout. Give me Penn state easiest pick of the week. I uh, make it at four. This one's just so West Virginia is a dead man walking. I know I didn't pick them to be last in the big 12, just because I still think they got some guys to run the ball a little bit, not as much on the defensive side of the ball, but at least have an identity there. But 
this team is dreadful. Like, I think Neil Brown's gone by the middle of the season. And, like, Penn State has every reason to be excited about. They've gotten rid of that dirty virus that was Sean Clifford just stuffing up their quarterback room for the last few years, taking them absolutely nowhere, nowhere in the Big Ten. And Drew Aller's fun. Like, he's going to be, like, he adds a dimension. He's already just by stepping one foot on the field, not having taken a pass, a significantly better passer than Sean Clifford. And I know that man has some mobility in his legs. NFL so. draft pick above the recently that cut is insane. Max Duggan. That, that is just absolutely nuts. Like if you're talking about quarterback evaluation and I sh- turned on some Sean Clifford game film, he doesn't pass very well. He doesn't run very well. He doesn't make that good of decisions. At least have a guy that has some upside with his legs to take before, but that's NFL scouts for you. They don't really understand like much. They don't seem to really watch the games all too much. And somehow because they're like, Oh, he's a pocket passer. Must be a pro-style quarterback. Pro-style my ass. This guy sucked. He was one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen play the game of football because he was able to do just well enough to keep them, like keep the starting job, but would always make the backbreaking play. So I think Penn State's going to have a great year. I think they probably win one of the Michigan or the Ohio State games, or at least are playing very competitively in both. Like I think you're going to see a difference, maybe not record wise, but in just talent elevation, just juice in this team. So give me Penn State. I'm taking the 20 and a half. I just, there's, the only thing that scares me about this West Virginia is they're just going to run the clock out by just running the ball all the time, just not giving Penn State enough time. But Damn even then, I'm not worried. I Yeah, the new clock sucks. I know we haven't yeah. talked about it much, but like, especially in these run-heavy games, it's just like, I think there's only like 13 or 14 plays run in the first quarter of Notre Dame and Navy or something ridiculous <laughs> like that. It cut like, I think in the end, it cut like 10 minutes of time off of it. They just pump you with more commercials. That's all they're doing. So it's like oh, yeah. really frustrating that like a game, I'll say the perfect game uh, last year, like you want the clock to stop on first downs because you get the TCU Baylors of the world where like TCU is down and out and is able to kind of pull back in that's what makes fourth quarter college interesting like they're not good enough like the nfl to have high skill two minute drives really efficient they're just not like you need some of that variance i just never watched college football and said i need this to be significantly shorter i say the commercial breaks need to stop but not (laughs) the actual game itself (laughs) yeah no i mean it's it's a play for people who aren't college football fans or just casual people this is a play for you know, someone who is an NFL fan who wants something to watch on Saturdays. This is not for the people who actually watch the sport. Um, it reduces plays and doesn't reduce the game time in the first place. So it's just, it's garbage. The NCAA can't get anything right. But yeah, the underdogs were five and two and covering the spread um, last week. If that's data for you. Anyways, let's move on to our next one. We've got the UTSA Roadrunners 11 and 3 last season uh, in 2022. 7 and 7 against the spread. They are heading to to Deku Stadium, I think it's called, uh, to face the new uh newest one of the newest Big 12 members, uh the Houston Cougars, who went in 5 last season, which is kind of shocking in retrospect. Uh 5 and 8 against the spread though. Roadrunners favored by one and a half here, meep meep. And you can find this one at 6 p.m. Central on FS1. 
Blake, kick us off here uh, and try not to go too in depth on how bad the new FS1 score bug is. Oh, God, just another change to the game. They decided to go for that mid-90s, like, Nickelodeon-type score bug, which FS1 probably had the best one, the best score bug in all of the, like, college football presentations. It was simple, clean, told you the information, and didn't have any uh, thrills, frills, sorry. I loved it. Of course, they change it up because everybody just refuses to stay complacent on good. But uh, this one's pretty easy for me. UTSA. I understand why they're favored, even going to Houston. You get Frank Harris, one of the most experienced quarterbacks in America at this point. I think that man's going on 25-26 at this point. I think he's in his fifth year, maybe even sixth year. He keeps on finding a way to stay back at UTSA. Jeff Trailer's incredible coach. Although they lost their top receiver this year, they're kind of my dark horse, not even dark horse pick. They're the one I took the feature on for to win the American because they return so much on both sides of the ball. They're an experienced team that seems to play good non-conference opponents. Like we're only a year, maybe two, but a year removed from them going to Illinois, and beating Illinois. Like this team is prepared to play power five competition. And I think U of H is probably going to be the worst of all the Big 12 schools. They lost mm-hmm. Tank Dell uh, and, Tank, and Clayton Toon. Like, although there's only two guys, that was basically their entire offense in a very lackluster season last year. They weren't shining in that really putrid American. I just have no hope for them. I think Dana Holgerson, ironic that Neil Brown's going to get fired. Dana Holgerson, I think, is on the same path this year. Give me UTSA in the points. I, you said some of my main talking points, so I guess I'm just going to reiterate it and kind of emphasize it. Houston did not look good to me last year. I understand they're 8-5. and five. And just by the eye test, I did not like the way they played. Clayton Toom probably will be the starter for the Arizona Cardinals. I don't know if that means they, you know, they cut Colt McCoy because they liked Clayton Toom that much. Obviously, you guys listen to this context, or are they just tanking that much? I don't own, I don't really know what Arizona is doing. This would be a great year to tank me. But they also brought in Josh Dobbs, too, to just like yeah. confuse, muck that up even more. <laughs> that's so, that's just, I, it's just so much muck. But yeah, Clayton Toon might start week one as a quarterback in the NFL. And then Tank Dell is a dude. Like, he is really good. And, like, he is showing things. Like, he might be one of the better wide receivers at rookies, you know, that wasn't, like, a first-round pick in the NFL right now. That is a big-time talent you lost. And then on the other side of things, UTSA turning 9 of 11 starters with their quarterback, Frank Harris being, like, a guy who's been there, done that, like, 4,000 yards. Like, this guy is too good. I think UTSA um, handles Houston easily here. Yeah, matchup between two group of five teams. I don't care. Houston's never not going to be group of five. Um, I don't know. I got to go. Commuter school. They are well. No, they are a commuter school. That's not even. That's not even a joke. I know. It's I a just good, like it's how. A, yeah, it's it's not even like a real university. It's like one of those like for profit, uh, unregulated or, or unaccredited, whatever <laughs> it's called, um, universities. But yeah, I like I like the Roadrunners in this one. I just I don't like Houston. I'm never going to pick for Houston. I just don't like. It. I don't know why. No redeeming qualities. You guys say they're good <laughs> in basketball, allegedly. You know, is that a real sport? Is that not debatable? All I'm saying is I've never seen a basketball team win the SEC football championship. 
You can't talk about basketball on this pod like that. I'd be acceptable as baseball. Fair enough. Is Houston uh, good or, at baseball? Or English Premier no. League as an American as well. I don't. Get I was like gun to head if you asked me if they even had a baseball team. I couldn't tell they you. Do. But I watched a decent amount of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> they do because you played them and they murdered them. I, I, I seem to remember. But uh, no, How this can you kind be of bad makes... at baseball in the state of Texas? Like really? Like You don't even have to get the top recruits. But damn. like <laughs> Even Boko's good. Is it both of the state Boko kind of good? Dallas yeah. Baptist yeah. is a power. <laughs> like, yeah. But didn't Boko be beat real. Texas this year? Yeah, they yep. did. Yep. Oh, give me some of that. Yeah, but mm. Boko is spicy. That's, Yum. that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Uh, no, so this kind of is the commuter ball, though. Uh, UTSA, I believe, also is pretty commutery. Uh, but they are a better football program. And I think their rise is just continuing, taking another step. I believe they're in the American now. Or are they in the Sun Belt, Blake? I can't remember. American, American, American. Yeah. So they're making they're they're kind of taking Houston's place here. I think they've got this thing going. I I, I like the Roadrunners here um, a lot uh, for a lot of the reasons that everyone said here. But you know, I I, I'll, I will never pass up a chance to pick uh, UTSA because I think they're a lot spicier than people realize um, on an annual basis. So speaking of Boca, speak of the devil. We've got the Texas State Bobcats janky on the oh. graphic. I don't know how they ended up all the way over there. Very weird to balance. Poor eight last year. Got rid of Jake Spavital. It's a new era for uh, the Texas State Bobcats, who we affectionately, affectionately refer to as Boco uh, after their mascot, who is a major in partyology, as Ty so gratefully uh, you know, revealed to us uh, like four years ago. Um, they're five and seven against the spread. Uh, they traveled to Waco, Texas to take on the Baylor Bears, who are six and seven. Not a great year for uh, Baylor, seven, seven and six against the spread, though. Um, they look to bounce back in a big way, uh, favored by 27 and a half here. You can find this one 6 p.m. Central Time on ESPN Plus, slash the little Big 12 network thing I'll they got going in. on. You, yeah, Jameson, all of these games. Most of these are at six. They all look good, but you're going to be popping in to watch your your, your uh, yearly dose of Boko. So I, I more power to you. Um, yeah, look, I I think this Texas State team they got some portal talent. I they're not good enough. I I think Baylor really bounces back this year. I like the Bears a lot in the Big Twelve as a whole. Um, I think Dave Aranda isn't down for long. Baylor usually tends to be up and down, and it's Texas State. I, I know I know what happens with Texas State here. I'm thinking Baylor uh, minus 27 and a half. Ty? Yes. Ever since I discovered Boko and released him into the podcast, Boko is an invasive species on the podcast. I released him onto the podcast. It hit one time. I gave a good little speech about all the intricate lore that is involved with Boko, the Bobcat, their mascot. I encourage anyone to look it up. It, it's actually pretty hilarious, uh, the, the depth of lore that he has written about him. Texas State, not good. You know, one of the worst programs in Texas in the past couple of years. I like the Baylor Bears on this one. Hate to have to pick against Boco, but the thing about picking Boco is it only works for you one time a year. This is not going to be the time this year that I ride with Boco the Bobcat. Give me the Bears. <laughs> all right 
Well, here we okay, are. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. There was a there's a part of me that thought you were referring to Texas State as the Bears, and that's why I laughed. Um, but I forgot Baylor was also no. That's the Bears. that's very what Baylor's. Yeah, that's what Baylor's called. Yeah, they, that is what <laughs> they're called. This is that was a, that was a really dumb moment. I'm not gonna lie, Jameson. Who do you have next? That's not a nickname. That's just actually their mascot. So groundbreaking journalism. Here, here's the thing. Uh, it's it's a brand new season, you know. Oh God, here we go again. Um, I just I just need to talk things out. So just please let me be here in my safe space as I kind of just get over things because I, I I'm I'm an addict. I I understand. That I'm my first. I'm past the first stage of recovery. I've acknowledged my problem. Texas State is just this pink dragon. I just continue on to chase, but it seems like I just always come up a loser. Last year, I don't think I had any positives with my Texas State Ventures. I use them as my wild card, and wild cards typically have had an unbelievable, like you know, winning record. Like I, we barely miss on our wild cards. Well, Texas Texas State lost me it last year, and that hurt. And I saved it to the, towards the end, and they really, really let me down. I just got to realize whenever I'm in a toxic relationship and I just got to get out of there, even if I do like Texas state here and I, I, I see the spread and I see their possibility, you know, they've got TJ Finley from Auburn who I absolutely hated at Auburn, but you know what? Hey, that's at least something. Um, it, it just, I, I, I just can't look at this game logically. I just know that if I pick Texas state here, it'll just be so toxic for me and I, I've just got to move on. So, listeners, Schooner Pod, I have to move on from Texas State. So, give, give me Baylor. For the record, Ooh, you did pick Boco last year and it did hit. But it, he, Boco hit on your wild card one time, but you did use your pot of greed, uh, which, by the way, is one pick you can use whenever, add it on. You added it on and lost. Oh, so. it was a pot. It was a pot of greed. It, it was a pot that's of greed. Means, that's that, that, instead of wild card. That's what I meant. You voluntarily green. chose Texas State twice, though, which is genuinely hilarious. Uh, Blake, what do you think uh, about this one? F it, Boko. I'm all in. <laughs> I, I see the path here. Yeah. I, I, I see it. I see it. Uh, they got some dogs in that quarterback <laughs> room. They got Malik Hornsby. They got TJ Finley. They haven't even decided a starter yet because they got dogs. So I think their quarterback play this year is going to be surprisingly a little bit better. Oh, and then I just what, see it. What have you seen from TJ Finley that makes you think that they're going to be good? Uh, he's a he's a dog. He goes out there all gimpy. I feel like I saw him in that Auburn Auburn Alabama game, just like hobbling around, just <laughs> slinging the ball, not doing anything. But he was at <laughs> he least like out there. You can barely even connect with any. Okay, but no, I'm not going to argue this. You continue. Sorry. Yeah. So <laughs> I like I'm counting on one of those guys being slightly decent, and then. I'm going all in on the new clock rules. I just think Baylor's going to like run the ball like no other this year. And I think they just drain the clock way too much that backdoor city is open in this game. I think it's just, they're going to get on Richard Reese, just be running the ball, going to run it down their throats, granted. But I think too much time goes off the clock, the little late minute drive. I hit that backdoor cover 27 and a half is gross. Like if you've paid attention to these lines being given out this week, 
nuts. They have not been a good, like, solid football number at all. A lot of two-and-a-halves, four-and-a-halves, 27-and-a-halves, 20-and-a-halves when it came to Penn State, uh, West Virginia. It's a nasty number. I just see backdoor potential all day in this one. So give me Boca the Bobcat. There's a lot. There are, like, a couple 36s, which is gross as hell. Like that is that is that is is like Vegas adding a triple zero, which they have done to uh, some roulette tables. That's just gross. I I do want to say as as we record this uh, Wednesday evening, um, I'm looking at these lines. We lock these lines in a couple hours before the podcast, typically uh, sometimes a couple days. This line is actually moved up to 28 fully now uh, from what I'm seeing. So I yeah. Texas State looking tempting if you're actually looking at at betting on this one potentially. Mm. Little it is, it is looking te- very very tempting. So keep can in we mind, move in on. A, in addition, <laughs> keep in mind, keep in mind. In addition to the pot of greed, which you can use once per uh, season, you also have one mulligan where you can go back and change your pick uh, per episode. That, per ep- not not per episode. Oh. Per season. You, almost, you almost convinced Bobby <laughs> no, just no, to no. repeat it. No, no, no. <laughs> one, one mulligan per season. You could go back at any point in time in the episode and go back and change your pick. Uh, up until everything is locked in with the wild cards and pot of greens. Uh, one mulligan so just, per episode, as if we don't God. already take so long. That would be that'd be horrible. We'd be mulliganing like especially as it got down to the end, people just be mulliganing mm. just so they could try to like game the mm. system. No, that'd that's be collusion. Bad. We'd call you out for that. Collusion, no, obviously true. bad. Obviously bad. Uh, let's move on to our next game. And Blake, uh, the folks at Fox have been telling me this is the biggest season opener in college fo- recent college football history. It's the Colorado Buffaloes and Coach Prime, one and eleven last year, two and ten against the spread, making their way down to Fort Worth to face the national runner-up TCU Horn Frogs, ranked seventeen. Sonny Dykes and the crew went thirteen and two last season, ten four and one against the spread. They are favored by a whopping twenty and a half points. This game is a big nude kickoff on Fox. Uh, and again, they won't shut up about how it's the biggest game, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and as you can see from our very clickbaity title, I'm going to go ahead and ask you the question, Blake. And also, actually, no, I'm going to ask you this question first. Why are you wearing a uh, Colorado sweatshirt? Yeah, everybody keeps on commenting on that. It is Colorado State. I'm going double because put my biggest future in on Colorado State earlier this week. Feel very confident. We might just a little preview for the wild card could be getting there when we get to the wild card, but I'm going at this at all angles just because TCU's going to destroy this team. I'm tired. This is the casuals game supreme. I saw our friend Ford Brandon posted in the chat that he's feeling confident about the bus and what the ultimate casual take I've ever seen. This team, if you take out their two corners, and I guess one plays corner and wide receiver, and maybe their quarterback. I don't even know if Shador Sanders is the real deal, but I'm like gifting them that. This team's a bottom, bottom like 10 power five team. They stunk last year, and they didn't retain really anybody. And they they got wor- they got better a little bit through the transfer portal, but they lost basically any ounce of depth that they had. 
this game, I was honestly just excited for. Like, honestly, I had no hard feelings. I enjoyed the Colorado game last year. Enjoyed the fans, but their fans have become rabid on Twitter. There was their, uh, I guess, a guy that wrote for Sports Illustrated for the Colorado-specific stuff came through and said not a single TC wide receiver would make the top eight in the Colorado wide receiver room. Are we kidding? Are we kidding ourselves? Use some of the most phony logic I've ever seen in an article, basically being like everybody says, uh, everybody says Colorado was one and eleven last year. Like that's uh, like it's a completely different team. You shouldn't use that. Like, oh, you should look at TCU. They weren't the second best team last year. If you look at the new polls this year, they're seventeenth. His logic was flip flopping all over the place, more flip flops than a beach. And just to add on top of it all. We get this this press tour. If you were watching an FS1, a Fox game last week, you got a barrage every single commercial break of a commercial highlighting Colorado's first game of the year. I don't even think they mentioned TCU's name at all throughout the commercial. They just say against the national runner-up. That is all they say. And I'm not big into these, like, they are hating on us. They're disrespecting us. Nobody believes in us because Georgia and Alabama are playing this whenever they're in the playoff every single year. Like Kirby Smart's consistently saying that because two members in the SEC didn't have them winning the East or something crazy like that. But from a TCU side, what the heck? You you got, you were second in the nation last year. And I know you lost a lot of guys, but now you're just being treated like you're being treated like trash. You're being treated like you're a program with no respect that this is a complete loop which i think this year they somehow have a bigger chip on their shoulder than last year which makes no sense because we were the national runner-ups we beat a michigan team a very good michigan team one that many have in the national championship game this year i this game dumbfounds me i was not very passionate about it going in i was excited to watch it but these colorado fans be acting up in the chat these articles that are coming out this promotion it's absolutely insane fox is getting their colorado game out of the way early because they know Deion sanders is likely going to have like two wins by the end of the season easy cover this is this we're going to demolish them we are going to demolish them and i love this because i know that line probably could have been a little bit higher if it wasn't for the casuals that are there just keeping it down because they're taking a lot of action on it so give me the frogs i feel so great about this one okay yeah i wish i i wish i had a round the horn mute button to use on blake right now because i know if i'm gonna i know i'm gonna say this and i know he's gonna want to go on a rant but is Fox kind of the actually the bad guy instead of ESPN? Because I feel like it's Fox feels Eagles. like they do worse things than ABC and the Mouse do. Yeah, but they do more like overt things that like I think like your second layer of casuals can kind of see this the disrespect. ESPN's doing the backroom dealings that is like destroying the sport at its fabric, and that doesn't get talked about enough. But yes, which, I do which, think which, like, which network got you see at UCLA and USC uh, from the Pac-12, Blake? Which yeah, which it's, and, it's and which Fox, network? CBS and uh, and the Cock, and it's a <laughs> conglomeration of them. And Fox is the ultimate, the enemy of the uh, the enemy of my enemies, my friend, and that's kind of how I've settled on them at this. Like I have to fight a war on one front. I'm only one man, so I got to go at the big bad, the evilest. But yes, I do agree. Like they're, I'm not saying they are holier than thou. They are not. They they have a blemish record for sure. Fair enough. Fair enough. Sometimes you got to do a couple war crimes to win the war, right, Blake? 
basically like it's it's a battle out here. It's anyways, it's a, anyways. I'm trying to save our sport. Anyways, Jameson, who do you got in this game? Here's the thing. I I thought about probably this whole off season just picking Colorado for the bit. And then I'm like, you know what? I think that's that's more of a tie kind of thing because I think Ty's been lining that up. For I'm a not. Time. I'm not. I I will not pick Colorado for the bit. <laughs> I big pinky promise. I will not pick Colorado for the bit. As, I feel like Ty tries to convince the... me to not be let him be an island boy on this, and it's not going to work. Give me TCU. A... Go with your brain in Fort Worth. The fans are going to be pumping him up. Chandler Morris is that dude. I understand that he was having troubles at the beginning of the season. Injury, blah, blah, blah. Like, still, I understand there's a lot of missing talent on this TCU team. Colorado won one game last year, guys, and then, like, sh- like shed their whole roster. Like, how does that make you feel that they're going to do good in their first game of the season? They're going to have so many hiccups this season, and I just don't see any scenario where the first game goes without any hiccups. It's just going to be sloppy and bad, and TCU is too stable. Ty, here's what y'all gotta know last year, TCU was the biggest Cinderella story since a former assistant greenskeeper became the Masters champion on a hole-in-one on the 18th hole. That is a deep-cut reference. I hope hope somebody got that one. I think they take a big step back, but I think TCU is a significantly better team than this Colorado team. I don't want to hear it about the whole transfer portal thing. I don't – I personally, right, I, I believe to an extent – in Coach Prime, caveat, which I will address later, I do not believe in his son at quarterback. That's I can't even think of a good comparison. I mean, that's just absolute nepotism. For those that watch Formula One, it's a Lance Stroll situation at quarterback, absolutely. Um, I think he probably could be a starter maybe some other places, but it, I do not. I think that the most likely outcome for this Colorado experiment is Coach Prime in a press conference blaming his players for the way that things have done and then just basically ghosting the school uh, and not returning. And the evidence that I have for that is his bowl record at Jackson State is is just questionable to me because he always had better players. He always had better talent. He always had the momentum and just couldn't finish uh, 0-2 in the postseason. Um, Just a big, big question mark, big worry point for me. I like what he's doing at Colorado. I think it's the future of college football. I mean, look at the the momentum that he's built up. And that momentum, I think, is key to what I'm about to say here. I think TCU got absolutely punched in the mouth in the championship game, not trying to make a bit towards Blake. I think TCU was a very good team last year. I think Max Duggan is being disrespected and underrated as a quarterback just because the brand that he went to if max duggan was still max duggan in every other respect but went to bama or went to ou or something else he'd have a starting job in the nfl and people would be saying oh he's kind of struggled the preseason blah 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 he'll be great um i i think he's being slept on in terms of his contribution for a tcu team that won so many close games last year i think This is, I've had this take since it it was a joke at first early on in the the end of last season, but the more I've thought about it, the more it's just grown on me. I think Colorado wins like two games this year, maybe three. 
And I think the absolute funniest thing, and I've just, I, I think I've talked myself into this. I legitimately think Colorado beats TCU and then just absolutely <laughs> gets embarrassed the rest of their schedule. It would be absolutely hilarious. So I'm taking Colorado to cover for sure. We'll give a whole thing about all the new clock rules, like blah, blah, blah. I think Colorado is going to be trash this year, but I think they win against TCU. So give me Colorado plus 20 and a half. This is not for the bit. I believe in this take. It's always I'm an inception of bits with Colorado. you. <laughs> this is not an Colorado inception I think Colorado, it's a bit within a Colorado bit within a bit. One in 11 this year with their win being week one against TCU. Would be absolute, and then TCU could go like thirteen and two again this year, but then they have this Colorado loss they have to explain. Oh my god, it would be that hilarious. Is... Give me the buffs. I'm a, I'm a longtime buff sympathizer. You guys knew this was going to come. Give me the Colorado Buffaloes coming back oh to the Big god. Twelve. Give me the buffs. Incredible. Um, I didn't see that twist coming, but I love it. Uh... Okay, look, here's my thing. It's always funny when people talk about TCU and the portal in regards to this game, where they're playing a team that has 86 new players. Colorado has, has flipped it. Coach Prime has actively been saying he does not care about building culture because cultures. Uh, <laughs> he literally said, I, I, I'm pretty sure this is a real quote. Like, because the person was like, I can't believe this is an act is not actually a fake quote. He was like, yeah, I've been, I've been on teams where the quarterback like hated this guy. This guy hated that guy. And we still ended up winning. So culture doesn't matter. Um, I am. I, I don't know. I am out on Deion Sanders. I think this will be about as, uh, about as good as uh prime prep went. If, if, if anyone knows that story, don't Google prime prep. Just kidding. Google Prime Prep didn't go well. It was Bishop Sycamore before Bishop Sycamore was a thing. Um, yeah, Dion and Colorado, they have their work cut out. Two guys isn't going to cut it against a TCU team that reloaded with some really, really solid talent. Um, yeah, the Frogs are going to run run rampant over Colorado here. Um, sorry, Ty. Hate, hate to do it to you. I will say I'll feel bad for Deion Sanders like at the end of the year. Like if he takes this team to win four games, that's honestly great with this roster. But then the casuals are going to go the other way and be like, look at this big failure Dion did. Like can't even get this team to a bowl game. Like he, he'll never win in this position. That's the thing. Like he'll never win like as a head coach, like the public view because they'll always find something wrong with them. So, but yeah, he's going to get destroyed here. Like that roster is bad, bad. It is like he did a good job in the portal, but like the roster was horrendous. Like it, they had no depth to start, have no depth. If Shador Sanders goes down this year, like kiss the season goodbye because he told the quarterback room when he came in that his son was the starter and his bat, what was it? His baggage is Louie or whatever. Like he's like, no, no transfer portal quarterback would ever think to go to that program just because they know they'll never get like a glimpse at starting. Yeah, he, I mean, he brought he brought his bags and they were Louis, but the Louis bag was like this big. So, you know, it was like one of those little little purse things, you know, one of those tiny little, you know, little okay. things you carry around. No, it wasn't a, it wasn't a suitcase or luggage. Coach Prime can certainly afford plenty of nice luggage. I, I completely I'm not care. I had I had something that I was I, I was going to say that actually was a relevant fact, but I, I've forgotten. I still ride with the Buffaloes. I, I think this will be, I 
This will be a hilarious segment in the future next week when I'm doing the, the Stephen A. Smith walking in with a cowboy hat and the cigar. <laughs> There's no way this doesn't end hilariously, and, and I'm for it. Well, all of the games we've talked about, they pale in comparison to this next one, which is the one that everybody in the college football world will be watching. It's the Arkansas State Red Wolves, who are nine, sorry, three and nine last season, uh, seven and five against the spread, heading to Norman, the Palace on the Prairie, to take on the Oklahoma Sooners, ranked twentieth off of a very disappointing, horrible, horrible uh, six and seven season last year, five and eight against the spread, one of the worst teams against the spread. Sooners, despite that, we're back for another year. We're excited to see improvement. Sooners favored by 36 in game one. Um, this one kicking off at 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN right after college game day. Uh, so there you go. You get right to it. So I'll kick us off here. 36 is too many points. Um, and I think to me, I, I think OU can cover this. But the margin of error especially when it comes to later in the game and the clock rules and everything. It it's too thin. I just, I don't feel comfortable laying 36 points with the Sooners here, uh, especially with how bad the defense is. I think we see improvement. I think it goes okay, but just from a pure business decision, I, I can't, I'm not laying 36 points on this OU team. So I'm, I'm going to go with Arkansas state plus 36 uh, uh, points here. Um, just because I, I could see, I, I, I could, I could see them, you know, picking up two touchdowns after being up like what OU goes up 42, nothing Arkansas state picks up two garbage touchdowns. There you go. It's over. So, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm taking up, um, taking Arkansas state here. Schooner fod, schooner fod, schooner fod <laughs> fans. Pause reset. Take two. Schooner Pod fans, it is a sad, sad day when Schooner fan, God, Sooner fan, Bobby, <laughs> I had a long, I'm sorry, everyone, I had a long day at work. Uh, when Sooner fan Bobby goes against OU in week one, you hate to see it. He's long been known to be an Oklahoma State sleeper agent. It's now just becoming apparent. Um, oh, God. I got I, I like. I like the Sooners in this one. Why? Because I'm an OU fan. Everyone, you know, should be riding with the Sooners here. Here's what I think, right? I think we take a step forward from last year. Last year was an embarrassing year, but I think in the grand scheme of things, it's excusable, right? Don't, I had this whole like hating on OU thing because they lost the weekend spread because I was picking for them when I knew they weren't going to cover. And I just wanted to ride with my Sooners. And earlier today, I saw... Colin Coward make a a take that I've made before. I made a long time <laughs> oh, ago great. in saying that is OU the next Nebraska? It's much easier to become oh, Nebraska God. than it is to turn it around and become, uh, you know, the next Bama or something like that. But when I heard him say it, it, it just it lit a fire in me. I got to ride with the Sooners. And I think OU has this one. We have all the reason to run the score up and keep on the gas, even if we're putting in our backup quarterback, our backup receivers, everyone else, we have the depth and we need to show people coming off of last season that we are a legitimate team and we're back. 
And I think that winning against Arkansas State by at least 36 is not that much to do. I mean, you put up 49, you know, and then let them have a touchdown. You cover there. Probably don't do the math on that one. I went to OU. I can't do the math in my head. I like the Sooners. Here's the thing. Ty, yeah, we, we, I feel like we took the Sooners a lot last year. I picked OU to cover in the weekend spread every single week last year. Every single week. Now, if I, I, if I remember correctly, you were five and eight. Yes, that is indeed I'm correct. That is a very good memory of you, Ty. Um, I mean, here's the thing it hurts being five and eight picking OU. Same time, you know, it, it really sucks watching them, you know, lose games as well um, whenever you're picking them. It's just tough. So I kept them in the back of my brain. Um, but I also was thinking about, you know, that Notre Dame Navy game, I feel like is a good kind of barometer of how these larger lines are going to go in week one. So I just went ahead and just looked at this like box score and how like things went for Notre Dame. They scored a touchdown every single drive that they had in the first half. And then in the second half, they scored touchdowns and then missed a field goal on one of them. And then it was the end of the game. 42 to three. I just, that would barely, if that was the same scenario for Oklahoma, that means they would barely just cover and that's assuming Oklahoma only gives up three points and it's just I still feel like our offense I mean our defense has got a lot to improve on I feel like there's a lot of things you can really talk about and being optimistic about but it's not just going to be like a snap of a finger in Oklahoma's defense that had a lot of holes and it's going to get cured this off from the offseason you're always going to hear about the positives in the offseason you hear about the players that are flashing and doing great but, you know, there's always going to be some issues. And I'm ready to see what we have to improve on in this first game. We probably won't be able to take too much from it. I just don't see a scenario where I can feel comfortable in picking over 36 for OU. So I'm going to go Arkansas State plus 36. Sad day. Sad day when TCU fan Blake has to ride yep. with the Sooners with me. Yep, and I'm riding with them. Like, I guess I'm one of the only OU supporters on this podcast. This is just e quick maths. Quick, easy maths. You have Dylan Gabriel, who I know Ty does not like, but competent enough against a really bad Arkansas State team to run up the scoreboard on him. And then in the second half, you have probably even the better quarterback, Jackson Arnold, come in, who's going to run up the scoreboard on him because he needs to put some good tape out there. Because the one thing we know about OU fans, if you have one bad quarter as a quarterback, they want you out. They are booing you. They want they want you gone so quick. And Jackson Arnold knows just like a little half, just a few minutes of good film, OU fans will be clamoring for him. So it's this is just so easy. Arkansas State's bad, bad. Like, it, Brent Venables has been puffing his chest, saying the defense is going to be a lot better, that he's going to step up, take accountability, put his hands on it, then show it. You should, you should basically only allow about three points to this team, maybe. And that's off of some fluky type stuff. The Arkansas State's bad. They're a really bad Sunbelt team. I, yeah, it's OU. It's OU. I, Arkansas State's not going to score. It's just a they matter shouldn't. of depth, though. But, like, we, I don't know if Oklahoma has the second, third unit depth that, you know, makes me feel super comfortable in shutting them out. You know, mm -hmm. like, 
definitively shutting them out. You know, that's, I don't know. that's the biggest I, thing. I just I, the Arkansas State's really bad. Three and nine for the Sun Belt is horrendous. It's a league where you're like basically guaranteed a few wins just off of like weird fluky stuff that happens on a weekday night, and they're three and nine. I don't think they got much better either. I I don't know much about this Arkansas State team, but I just yeah, I think they're so bad. I I just I'm just fading big lines this week. It's really what it is. I feel like I just feel like college football betting is they're obviously taking it to their formula of the of the new clock, but I just feel like it still hasn't caught up all the way. Jameson, I, you've I, taken I, every big line this entire show. You took a 27 and a half, a 20 and a half, a 14, a you have not gone the opposite way taking the points on one of the big lines. <laughs> Yes, the 27 and a half, I had to use a pure, you know, that was that was me coping. <laughs> Did I want to pick 27 and a half? You're absolutely right. Don't bring it back up. Um, you can always use your mulligan. No, no. Yeah. No. I'm trying and, to and, think the the biggest... and then the Penn State thing is like, I, it's 20 and a half, Penn State versus West Virginia. And I believe so much in Penn State, and I believe so little in West Virginia. So and, and this is different. You can't, you can't bring up my past in this one. Your most don't points you took this week Poco. was four and a half. The most points you took on an underdog this week was four and a half points. <laughs> Talking about, oh, I'm this is why I'm fading the big, the big point spreads this week. Damn, yeah. One of them. Well, we weren't. How many games do we have that are over thirty? Only one, and I'm fading it. That's fair. That's and fair. the twenty-seven hey. and a half one, I told you that I'm doing it so I can cope. Okay, I don't. I get... don't want to pick Baylor. Why do I want to pick Baylor? I don't. I want to pick Texas State twenty-seven and a half so bad. It's gonna make it right. so fun to watch this weekend, man. Come on, I would love to get back on that train. It feels Jay... so good. I'm, I used to be addicted. Just let, let me get out. Let me get a move on. He, this is a man. This is this is a man who is who is in Boca recovery. He deleted his number from his from their from his phone entirely. He's trying to move on. Man, all Stop playing, is playing, playing. Blake playing masterful 4D chess on Jameson here, trying to make him argue about the OU line so that he mulligans on Texas State. This is why Blake is a master of the craft. Love no. to see it. Um, but yeah, it, this just goes to prove, right, to put a cap on, on the OU versus Arkansas State. That's why they say keep your friends close, your enemies closer. Once again, Blake – TCU fan, Baylor alum, bandwagon TCU fan, potentially since he's a Baylor alum. Uh, the only person riding with me for the, for the Sooners here this week. Hopefully the fans, I think, are riding with the Sooners. But, uh, yeah, there are, some, uh, there are some Brutuses, so to speak, in the pod this week. And look, I'll be more than happy. I'll be more than happy if they cover, uh, cover 36. I would be happy to take that L. But at the same time... I, how, why am I trusting a team that went five and eight against the spread to cover Hedular. 36 Hedular. in a situation where you could blow leads? At, just it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. It, it, it's no out of no love to this. No, no love loss to the Sooners. It just it just doesn't make sense in my mind uh, to go with this. So anyways, guys, it's time for our favorite pick of the week at long last. Why are the brakes working? It's time for our wild card picks, meaning we can pick any single game from across the slate. Um, repeats, you can do them. Are they encouraged? No, no, 
No. You can still do them, though. We'll just judge you heavily. Um, Blake, I believe... Well, wait, was it me or was it... No, No, yeah, it was Blake. No, it's me. Blake, you have the honor of kicking us off here with the first wild card of the 2023 season. Who do you got? Didn't hide it very well. Talked about it a little bit when I was talking about TCU in repping, repping the nice, clean sweatshirt. It's Colorado State plus 11 versus Washington State. Once again, another P5 team coming to my conference, the Mount West Conference, coming into one of those hostile environments. And I've gone over this on the Group of Five preview. I've talked about it a little bit. I'm all in on Colorado State this year. Four and a half took the mega juice over wins. I believe in this team. I think Jay Norvell is going to take them to a brand new level. Last year, they had an offensive line that was basically guys my size uh, blocking for their quarterback. Their quarterback, a a freshman, Clay Millen, had one of the highest completion percentages ever for a freshman quarterback. This guy is good. And they bring in some solid wide receivers. They shore up that defense. I've seen what Jay Norvell has done at a Nevada program, which gets one of the worst recruiting classes in the entire Mountain West and makes them somehow relevant every single year. And he's going to do the exact same thing with this Ram squad. I love the 11 points. I think Washington State's a decent team. I think their hair is on fire right now because of everything that's gone on with realignment. I get that. They don't have anything against Colorado State. They got to travel to Fort Collins, got to play this team, a team that I think is going to be much improved on offense. Cam Ward scares me a slight bit. I've always been a Cam Ward stand, but I think this is the week. I'm going to take Colorado State plus the 11. I'm also going to take them, sprinkle a little bit on the money line. So give me the Rams. Yeah, um, I saw that one coming. It made me feel good that at least I can get my wild card pick out. Um, thought about, you know, usually sometimes I pick, uh, one of the Thursday night games so I can get really invested early on, but I, I get really nervous, uh, picking Nebraska in week one, almost picked Nebraska plus seven versus our good boy Fleck just because we're on the fade Fleck squad. But okay. I can't do that. That's just too scary. If it was anyone else other than Nebraska would have done that. Here's my thing. Washington minus 14 at home playing Boise state. I think covers that one easily. Here's here's why. Michael Penix Jr., like the way that he stepped up last year, like it was unbelievable. What I thought of him, Indiana, compared to what he's doing at Washington, that their offense was unbelievable. And they've got Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan. Like he's got targets all over the field. This Washington team's pretty damn good. I think Washington gets ahead early and runs away with a minus 14 spread. Oh, bad pick, bad pick. <laughs> I'm going to say it now. Taylor Green, what Mountain West coaches are calling the reincarnation of Vince Young out West. This is, <laughs> this Boy State squad is raw this year. No more Hank Bachmeyer. We saw his trash ass last week <laughs> in the Lawn Tech. We know how they were doing under him. Taylor Green is the true dual threat superstar. I think 14's a little too many. And, of course, Jameson, talking about these big point spreads again. That's not a big. That is two <laughs> scores. That is two scores. For... I I cannot get over. I, I love non-conference season because 
every once in a while we'll throw out a wild card where it's you know a, a g5 versus a p5 and it's just a normal pick and then out of nowhere blake's like oh trash take horrible <laughs> and then spit out some random player who we haven't heard of and he's, he's usually kind of right but it's always funny that this is why you tune into the weekend spread because you learn about college football they ain't telling you this on espn you know they they don't know who this man is but you know who does the captain yeah so quick i think it's i think it's my part quick programming note for those unaware on the schooner pod for our own you know ease of of everything we do count a push as a win uh when it comes to gambling that is not the case if you're actually putting money on the games but just important note. so when you're looking at a line that's like 14 even if that pushes that's a win for for the podcast Here's my thing. Let's talk about tenure. A guy who has been at a program forever. A guy who's been in college since uh, people who are no longer in college now were in college. I'm talking, of course, about one of the best quarterbacks to ever play in college football in the Pac-12 from like 2017 to like 2022, whatever the years were. I'm of course talking about DTR at UCLA. He has now left UCLA opening their season week one against Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina traveling all the way to uh, San Diego, I believe is where UCLA is. <laughs> I don't think that Coastal Carolina has, I've been a long time hater of Coastal Carolina a couple of years ago. People were really hyping up Coastal Carolina, gassing them up, so to speak, as the Gen Zers will say. I have never, I've, I've been waiting for years to hate on Coastal Carolina. And by waiting, I mean I've been actively hating on them. Give me UCLA minus 14 and a half. This one opened at 14, which I was liking a little bit more, but I got to take them on the wild card. We go on the, on the live lines as of time of recording. I'm getting it off Caesars right now. We don't use DraftKings for reasons. <laughs> I like UCLA minus 14 and a half in this one. I think they have the weapons to get the points up. And with all that being said, right, Bobby touched on it earlier in the podcast. Jameson did this whole thing about, I don't want to pick these massive lines. I'd like to pick massive lines. Y'all never saw this one coming. Play the graphic, Bobby. We're doing it. We you never saw this coming. I summoned part of green. We have a pot of green pick. We're playing pot of greed week one because we know what we need to do. It's going to be a win. It was going to be a win no matter when I played it, so it doesn't matter. I'm going to play it week one to spice it up. Y'all thought he was gone. Georgia's been distracting you for the past couple years. Y'all thought Saban was done. Saban is not done. What Nick Saban said in this offseason – we got too Bryce-centric last year. That's his exact quote. Think about this. He's Heisman, a Heisman-winning quarterback. What do we know about Nick Saban? He destroys people in the championship when he just has an absolute bum at the quarterback position. Like, what was – I don't even remember the guy's name. A.J. McCarron, uh, Tua Tagovailoa, bums. <laughs> Give me, I don't even know who Bama's quarterback is this year, and that's how I know they're going to win the national championship. 
They've already talked about running the ball more. Couple that with the new clock rules. Bama's not in a situation where, oh, we're going to backdoor cover because the new clock rules. They're just going to run the ball up people's throats, and it's going to work against everyone but Georgia. Georgia is going to be an absolute game this year, Georgia versus Bama. But I think Bama sweeps everybody. Give me the Crimson Tide. I'm all on the Crimson Tide. Minus 39 against the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders. I don't even think that's an accredited school. I don't even think they're an FBS school. Give me the Tide to win that one big and make a statement and show people that they never left. They are still the top dogs. Wow. A pot agreed. Week one, you only get one of those per season. So tie going big on the tide there uh, early. My only, I, I will say, and I know you what didn't was the ask line for you got on that one tie minus 39. I have it? minus 39 <laughs> of uh, 7 08 p.m. Pacific <sighs> time Wednesday, according well, to C. All right. Here's my, here's my only thing. They have Texas next week. I feel like they pull off the gas pretty early. I'd, t- I'd take I'd take the tide minus thirty nine against Texas. All right, hell yeah, I love that. I love that. I, I would, but I know or they're going to be on the slate, so I don't have to worry about wild card in that one. <laughs> did, did, did Blake just say alert that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> you feeling, boy? <laughs> You're just trying to make things even because you have too many of them. All right. I'll- first of all love love the move to do pot of greed early that was great introduced everyone to it um so i i've been back and forth on my wild cards so at first i thought this line looks pretty easy you know louisville minus seven and a half uh at georgia tech you know like jeff braun georgia tech scrappy dogs but i know that hook's gonna get me so i'm out on that next i looked at old dominion plus 16 at virginia tech you know, Old Dominion beat them last year at uh, at Old Dominion. Love my guy Hudson. But, you know, that's the thing with puppies is they eventually turn into big old dogs. And not only that, but Old Dominion just isn't the same team they were last year. So a little wary of that. Uh, I believe they even got one of the stars. Uh, Virginia Tech actually got one of the stars from Old Dominion on their team this year. So I'm a little wary of that. So instead, I'm going to go back to the well. As you know from earlier, I've been big on TCU. So it makes sense that I'm going to go with a team that plays at the TCU Stadium. I'm going with the North Texas Mean Green. Oh, my God. Plus seven against Cal at TDC or at, at the TCU Stadium. I, I'm loving this. I, I think Cal is a program that is completely listless. I think North Texas has been, you know, kind of scrappy here and there. We've seen them go into Fayetteville, get a win. I'm kind of loving it. I'm kind of loving it. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in on the mean green plus seven, put it down. Do they still have that like 40 hey. year old quarterback? Or no. no, they don't. Oh, no, no, no. no. Yeah. <laughs> he, he finally I, graduated. <laughs> I know this because I looked into it for picking them week one. I saw that line <laughs> and I was like, Ooh, my 32-year-old quarterback. Let's go. But he is unfortunate. I think he's passed right. away of old age. But, okay, Bobby. <laughs> oh, no. thing you gotta... <laughs> Bobby, the only right. thing you got to worry about with this game, I I was all on board like throughout this entire summer, had this game circled, then forget my boy Sam Jackson, TCU quarterback, third stringer last year, 
I think the second coming of Lamar Jackson, I was depressed when this guy transferred away from TCU. He's starting for Cal. He is dynamic. He is <laughs> trick. He came in in that final quarter against Colorado when I was there. Oh, baby, it got me going. I wanted him <laughs> to start this year. I, I, I love Chandler Morris. He's my guy. But Sam Jackson was my dude. I love that man. And he is starting for he's starting for Cal this year. I think Cal's going to be a little bit better because of that. So just Bobby, if this goes up in flames, just know it's because of him. Well, I'm just happy. Look, it's, it's, it's testing the waters. Want to get a little spicy on my uh, wild card? You know, wanted to get a little nuts out there. So yeah, I'm, I'm rolling with, the, I'm rolling with the mean green here, but we'll see if it goes sideways or not. I don't know, but wow. What an awesome week one slate. We went pretty long. We will maybe work to trim this down a little bit. 140 is a little longer than we normally do for these. Uh, but guys, I love our picks. Um, I, and I cannot wait to just dive in to another season of college football with you all. Um, any final thoughts? Ty? I, you, you'll think Cal might have like Oppenheimer themed alts this year. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, we did air. When he talked, you saw we, the we, movie. Air Force. Did, <laughs> air Force. No, that's a oh, completely God. different. I know. Movie, right? I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, hopefully not. I don't know. Anyways, that was week one of the weekend spread. Uh, week two is going to be pretty fun. Very Big Twelve heavy. I know we every year we uh, do non conferences, and then. The rest of the Big 12 games. We have one non-conference next year or, or next week. It's Ole Miss and Tulane slated right now. It might change. And then the rest are Big 12s. So a monumental, monumental week for the Shield. I'm excited for that one, boys. Uh, we got some just absolutely class games. Uh, Texas, Alabama, of course. But you also got Baylor, Utah, uh, Texas Tech, Oregon, Cincy, Pitt, why did I say that in the same sentence as that? Uh, Oklahoma State uh, is coming to your city, Ty. You got Arizona, uh, OSU, Arizona State. And then, um, of course, we have El Asico of Iowa, Iowa State. So week two uh, looking pretty fun as well. So make sure to tune in. Check out our picks for that. But until then, uh, for me, Jameson, Ty, and Bowden Blake, this has been the Weekend Spread. Thank you all so, so much for listening. Make sure to uh, sign up for selloutcrowd.com launching this Friday. Have a great one, everyone. Good luck out there.